It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The best late-night conservative talk show in America, Backhands Radio. And listen, there are no people better on the air to give you the best in conservative talk than Sackhead Sean and Sackhead Clint. Uh, and uh, we're working on the immigration papers for a certain other guy who happens to work here, too. <laughs> for those who are tuning in around the world to the best in late-night conservative talk, the best late night conservative talk show in America. In America. In America. And in this web was a large, I'm pretty sure it was the biggest spider I've ever seen. And welcome to another edition of the Sackhead's Radio Show. I'm your show host, Sackhead Clint. Seated to my left is Sackhead Sean. Hey. Sean. Socko? Hey, buddy. <laughs> Why are you in Sean's seat? Well, because... Did you forget to let Sean out of the cage? Look, this is what happened, okay? You, you're not even going to believe it. So, Wait, hang on a second. You were supposed to let Sean out of the cage with enough time for him to grab his emergency <laughs> supplies while he was on the path to find the hidden vehicle that you programmed into the GPS so that he could get to the studio here on time. What happened was, uh-huh. <laughs> I have a video camera uh, set up just to make sure I, I can watch him in case he struggles. Okay. And he got in a fight with the toilet, and then I, I was, called him. I said, hey, buddy, are you okay? And he's like, he goes, yeah, I, I just tripped and fell. I was like, <laughs> dude, how do you lose to a toilet? He had a black eye. He was bleeding from the neck. I don't know how he was bleeding from the neck. He, I saw the toilet. It was disassembled. Now, how did it I, get there? Like, like out in the middle of nowhere. Did I, you just put a random toilet out there? Because this story is not making any sense to okay. me. Like, I'm not buying it, Socko. Okay. First, I'm off, think, I'm, first of all, I'm I, wondering, since we haven't heard from I Sean at all. I have a video. I will show it to you. I, post it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners want to see. You're just going to see a black picture, it's Sean, in this dark. in this situation here. Um, no, did you forget to let him out? I did. I did. So for our listeners, Sako's been out of the cage now for for two weeks, and am, yeah. um, Sean has kind of been in the in the penalty box um, a little bit. I haven't heard now. One thing: as soon as you went into the cage, there was immediately a free Sako campaign launched on your behalf. <laughs> um, I have not seen that with Sean. There is no free Sean movement at all anywhere on social media the, like yeah, there was with right. Free Socko. I didn't Socko. even notice that until now. I mean, you can hashtag Free Socko and you'll find me. You'll find you. Um, but nothing on Sean. Is this a statement of our listeners, or is this a statement from Ken? I think this is since like a... he launched the Free Socko <laughs> campaign. It's a statement from Ken. It's a revolution first because. You know, 
Hang on a second. You're not supposed to hatch our evil plans where this is a coup to take over the entire oh, okay. network while eliminating Sean. <laughs> well, that, uh, thanks for putting it out there. <laughs> no, I, I said it's not that. I said it's not that. That's not what this is. Hopefully, Sean can get to a payphone. Right? You left him the map at least where the payphone is. I gave him. Pay, I gave him two quarters so that he could up the first time. so that he could call in. Right. For our younger viewers out there, they used to have these things called payphones. <laughs> That's right, and 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 Sako, I think he doesn't know what no, they are, what so he's is. just kind of looking at no, me. No, I said that's right, meaning that that there's people out there that don't know what a payphone is. Right? Do you remember that movie payphone? They did a whole movie inside of a payphone. Phone booth. Phone booth. Close enough. It's not called payphone. Yeah, whatever. It's called phone booth. Sorry, but they don't have phone booths anymore either. They don't. I think actually, I read an article about. Um, Putting free Wi-Fi inside of those booths in New York. So it would be a Wi-Fi booth? Yeah. Kind of dumb. Maybe. Who's going to pay for that? I don't know. City. But you have to pay to hook up to it, I would imagine. Or But you said free um, Wi-Fi. It would be through the city. They would just provide it. Right. So raise taxes to pay for it, right? Sure. Whatever. No big deal. Sean just sent a text message. So he found the phone that you left for him. Did he? He did. Oh, I can't put that on the air. He's not happy with you right now. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to find the phone booth <laughs> because it's kind of out of the way. Uh, I should text him and say, hey. Well, now you know he can get texts <laughs> because he just sent me one. So he obviously found the phone. He did. Um, that's good. Yeah, it is because the pay phones aren't that great of quality. But you, did di- but you did disable the GPS component of that phone because we talked about this. Yes. And you left the map. Yeah, because I want to make compass. sure he thought about I want to make sure his brain's working right because you have to read a map. You have to first decipher where you're at and right. what the map looks like. Right, based on topography, he's right. got to orient himself. Right. Now, did you leave the proper map because you talked about like confusing him at one point? You know, I can't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so hopefully, Sean Sean has an hour ish to to find the phone booth and call in from the undisclosed location. Now, you have the helicopter fueled and ready to go so we can trap him again and put him back in the cage when this mission is done, correct? Actually, uh, it's like a slow tranquilizer. Okay. It starts to around an hour and a half from now, and then right at 10, he just falls asleep. Per- and I just <laughs> drag him back to the cage. That's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect because Sean's, Sean's kind of like a beast. I, I, I know, and you guys call me the hang, hang on a second. I have this just in from Sean. It says, get me the bleep out of this room. Sako said there would be beer in here. The jerk. But he didn't say. I, I couldn't tell you either. So what he's room is he talking about? He's reading the map incorrectly, and he's going the wrong way. It's probably what's Okay, going. I'm going to text him back and say, you're in the wrong room, which is why there's no beer. <laughs> tell him the lady he's talking to is not really a lady. Just... <laughs> That it's won't bother him. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. I'm, I'm texting. I'm not very technological. So our I'm listeners all know this. almost multitasking. I'm, I'm almost, almost. Muscle, m- multitasking. See, I can't even talk right now. Do <laughs> even know where the other one is? Uh, well, if he's reading the map wrong, I'm pretty sure he's not going to make it out. Go to the other one. Your map is wrong. You might have left him the wrong map. Uh, that's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Either way, he's going to pass out somewhere. Okay. Just don't tell him about the tranquilizer. And I wonder and... if he's noticed that the battery power on that phone is only at 10%. Because we, <laughs> we deliberately discharged the battery just to make it a little more challenging for him. Right. Right? He, he needs to work out a little bit, and he needs to figure, you know. <laughs> he needs never, to work uh, out a little bit. You know, he's got to panic a little bit and sweat a little bit. That's the only way I know how to make a sweat. Now, I do want to compliment you on something. Oh. First of all, thank you for getting the show up and running. Uh, you did a, and It's amazing how smoothly it ran this week um, with Sean on the cage. Uh, that's a side note. But sitting, <laughs> sitting to my left, I finally get the opportunity to look at an Oakland Athletics hat as thank opposed you. to a Boston Red Sox hat. And, and I'm better looking, too. This is... <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are. Because I, I look up to you. And you kind of have a man crush on me. Um, anyways, bit. so how have you been? <laughs> I've been good. Really busy. Uh, I have a lot of projects, as always. And I'm working on all of them. And um, well, That's good. You're not a procrastinator. No. Are we ready for Vegas? No. <laughs> We're not ready for Vegas. We're almost ready. We've got a couple things coming down. Um, Sean just noticed the battery power at 10% on the phone you left him. He's not happy. I'm going to tell him stop texting and just get to where you need <laughs> to be. Tell him to turn the screen brightness down. <laughs> your segment is at 9, so you better be here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm excited for Vegas. Um, I think it's going to be fun to meet. All the podcasters are actually going to be together in one place. Um, you'll get, you'll, we'll be able to put a face to the name. Not that we can't see their face over social media, but it's different when you see someone in real life. You have that personal experience. So it'll be great to make that bond with the the podcasters that are in our group, and um, it's going to be a fun trip. We're going to meet a lot of cool people. There's some special guests that are going to be with us. Um, it's just going to be a fun time. It's Vegas. And you, you don't know what's going to happen. Hang on a second. You're going to be working. So just get that little smile off your face right now. I, I'm only going to work for a little bit. You, you, may, you may lose me. You may need to... We may need a cage. GPS. We you may, may need to bring cage. the cage. You might need to we bring We may need cage. to put a cowbell around your neck. Right. Is exactly. What <sighs> I'll tell you what. The last time I went down to Vegas... Actually, I can't say the story on there. Never mind. Don't say that story. Is this the one with the glow sticks and the bubble machine? Yes. And, and the uh, licorice one, thong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the Hillary Clinton lookalike. We, yeah, never mind. We don't need to go there. We're, we're we not need to go going there. to. No. You were about to go there, though. <clears throat> we'll see what happened was. <laughs> <laughs> well, go on. I'm waiting for the no, story. You know what? We'll, we'll keep it off there. All right. We'll keep it off the air. Look, I saw a story this week, and um, it, it, it made me angry on one hand, but it's it was kind of a... A refreshing, not a refreshing story. It was, it was a, a kind of a right-on moment at the same time. Um, a, a police dog actually saved his partner in Mississippi. Um, the officer was uh, got got ambushed, uh, essentially. Um, there was a, a Hancock County Sheriff's deputy, uh, Deputy Todd Frazier, and he was ambushed. Um, he he uh, believe he pulled up on a on a vehicle. Um, that had a single occupant in it, and when he got out of the car to, to check on it, um, the vehicle, I don't know if it was suspicious or, or what, mm -hmm. um, a couple uh, individuals came out, and they uh, immediately attacked him. Um, they, that were not part of the vehicle? Uh, I, I don't know. They were, they were as car? it turns out, I believe they were linked up in, in some way. 
Um, but so they, they, they saw the, the individuals grabbed him and they started beating him. They cut him with uh, what, what uh, a doctor believed was a, a box cutter uh, type instrument. They were uh, going to, attempting to slit his throat. Uh, he he had a, a button on his belt that he was able to push and activate that had a spring-loaded um, door for his canine partner wow. uh, to come out. I didn't out. know they had those. And he, he sprung sprung the door, and his dog, dog's name is Lucas, and Lucas is a black Belgian Malinois. Why the dog's race comes into play, I have no idea. Uh, um, details. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, Was his eyes red or blue? Uh, no, his eyes are brown. <laughs> Like a Was deep, he like a, six like a, feet tall, or like like a, a deep chocolatey, luscious brown were the dog's eyes. Um, so Lucas, I'm just going to call him a Belgian Malinois because I'm not comfortable talking about race at this point. Okay. Uh, so this Belgian Malinois comes out and immediately began attacking these individuals that were that were trying to kill uh, Deputy Fraser. Um, uh, Lucas came out, bit a couple of the a couple of the guys who were, were trying to attack the deputy. Um, According to reports, um, the dog had blood all over him. Wow. Good, good for him. Did, so the dog got hurt or bl- their no, blood their, on them? their blood on him, which nice. is a good thing. So now you have this dark colored, right, because I'm not going to talk about race because I'm sensitive to Ken and I know right, he's listening be- right now. Um, <laughs> and so this, dar- this, this darker shaded uh, canine Lucas has had blood all over him from, from the suspects. Uh, could have been some from his, from his partner. I don't know. And the, the individuals ended up fleeing. They jumped, they jumped in the car. Um, and the the, the car, yeah, the car um, took off, but saved his partner's life. That's awesome. Uh, as a result, otherwise so that, that officer would have been. If they took off and they got in the car, then that means they were in that vehicle. It sounds like they. So it wasn't just a single person. Right. Or right. And who knows if it was an ambush? Look, there's there's. Uh, uh, particularly on the left, that are fueling a lot of this. Um, hatred and whatnot, and uh, look, look, we we acknowledge we, we acknowledge on this show that look, we know there are bad apples in every single profession, and and when there are cops that do bad things, we are going to be among the first to stand up and say that's wrong. That officer needs to be held accountable, like the officer that apparently shot the man who was running away from him, and then it looks like the officer plants a taser on the guy. That officer is appears to be, anyways, with the video that's been out there and whatnot, appears to be completely wrong. And if that video is as bad as it seems to be, mm-hmm. again, we're not privy to the investigation, but if it is as bad as it seems to be, that officer absolutely needs to be held accountable. There, there right. are bad cops out there. Well, I'm all, all However, for accountability. Right. However, the vast majority of law enforcement officers do a tremendous job. They risk their lives uh, for uh, the people of this country. They serve uh, with distinction the, the, the overall majority of them, and we give them um, a lot of respect. So I don't know if this was an, an ambush-style situation, which, look, we've had um, in this country several ambush-related uh, I've, I've never heard of ambush deaths with for CHP or police departments, uh, you name it. So yeah. I, I haven't personally heard of any stories like that. So I'm pretty sure they're out there. there there's, there's been several of them, in that particularly in this, in this of, hey, we're going to ambush these so. people, you've got to be really upset. Now, the question comes to mind is, okay, if uh, whether whatever the par- department it was, police department, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. was... The sheriff's pulling, department, sheriff's, Hancock, Hancock, okay, Hancock so County. Sheriffs, if they're pulling him over, they're doing it within the city, I'm assuming. Within the county, unincorporated county. area. Mm-hmm. And you, there's got to be people around. 
there's ha- it was it at night? Was it in the morning? I think it was at night, and there was yeah, there was not a lot of Nobody people around. Well, okay, no, well, look, co- I was but, thinking, okay, well, somebody had to have drove them by and said something's not right and called it in, or I stop and help out. Like you would think somebody would do that. Not not always. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes people will call and and and, uh, and help out. I suppose, but uh, not always. And and ambush style attacks. Um, against law enforcement are not at all uncommon. As a matter of fact, they, they seem to be trending up. Uh, there's a, um, a study put out, an ambush fact sheet put out by the uh, International Association of, of uh, Chiefs for Police where it talks about um, this phenomenon about, about officers being um, ambushed so far, uh, so forth. And um, it, That's it's interesting. It's, yeah, it's scary. And, you know, what, well, you've got to put yourself in that mindset. Right. If yeah, you're going to yeah. ambush somebody, you must have a lot of hatred. And where does that hatred stem from? It's completely premeditated. So you have you have some factors um, that define what an ambush is. And again, this is according to this fact sheet by the International Association of Chiefs, Chiefs of Police. So you have an element of surprise. So this is uh, something where um, the officer is completely unsuspecting of, of the attack, the impending danger, whatever it is. Um, but the suspect knows. Like the two the two officers that were shot uh, gunned down in New York sitting in their patrol car. Right. Um, that's a, that's complete definitely an ambush, ambush style attack. Uh, typically the, the person who's committing the ambush has concealment, uh, either concealed. Fact sheet that was put out from 1990 to 2012 of the ambushes, um, 32% were entrapment. So that is, wow. there was a call for service, and the call turned out to be bogus. And when officers rolled up, they came under fire, or the suspect uh, came out and and produced a weapon. You know, or whatever we it don't is see that in the media them. too often. It's that's sad because we're reporting only the bad stuff instead of everything. Right. Well, this is bad stuff, but when the officers do wrongdoing, right? Is what right. We're talking about. Sixty-eight um, percent of those ambushes were spontaneous, so that could be, hey, the officers um, in made the moment, a, right? In the moment, were, were contacting somebody or made a stop on a vehicle, and some point during that uh, traffic stop, the ambush, um, the ambush comes about, uh, like the 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 Texas. Um, I don't know if he was a trooper or, or I think he was the sheriff or constable um, talking to the three um, Hispanic males in the car and there were some drugs in the trunk and they ambushed him. There's a sudden attack based on those circumstances where they actually ended up killing him um, in a field off, off dash cam. Uh, so this, and I don't know which this was. I don't know if they were high, if these two individuals were hiding in the bushes while the third person sat in the car suspicious waiting for an officer to check them or if they were doing something else in the woods and it was, uh, it was a spontaneous type event. But um, the fact that, that this officer had the presence of mind to, this deputy had the presence of mind to, immediately attack and save the life of his partner is uh was for me it was a good story good story because one the deputy survived right um two the bad guys got bit by a canine and the, the dog partner saved saved his partner's life um the uh the suspect vehicle is a, a blue lincoln town car with a, a darker vinyl um top 
um, that was uh, sitting at, at a rest stop is, was is, where, a, uh, is where it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was at a rest stop. Anybody with information on the case, any of our listeners, if you have it, uh, you are urged to contact the Hancock County Sheriff's Department. Their phone number is area code 228-255-9191. Now, do sheriffs have dash cams as well? Some of them. Um, I don't know if this particular uh, patrol car was was equipped with a dash cam or not. Not all vehicles, not all not all law enforcement vehicles have dash cam. Um, capa- they have the capability, you know, but they don't all have it. They're, they're expensive technology. Not a lot of them do, but not all of them do. Just like not all uh, canine patrol vehicles, doing some research for this article, because um, uh, I knew I wanted to talk about it real briefly tonight, um, not all canine vehicles have those push-button um, release switches. Release switches. As a matter of fact, the Hancock County Sheriff's Department, I don't believe all of their canine cars are equipped with it. So you would think at this point, and we even touched on it last week, where Obama wanted to demil- like remove uh, bigger guns from the police. Yeah, they wanted to st- he wanted to stop the program right. where, where, uh, law- where law enforcement agencies could get surplus military equipment. You would think at at this stage, like, if why would you focus on that when you should be focusing on okay, well, let's just do the camera thing. A lot of agencies are trying to do okay, let's just get body cams. Right. Why doesn't every police car, a sheriff's car, whatever kind of car, have some type of camera? Money. Why doesn't the federal government fund it, especially when they have all this media attention about oh? Right, but the- then we get into the, but then we get into the discussion of well, who's going to pay for that? Where is that money going to come from? That money has to come from somewhere. And is it the federal government's job to equip local law enforcement agencies? I say no, and here's why. Once those federal funds, and look, there are federal, there are federal grants available to um, law enforcement agencies for a variety of purposes. I remember when the Homeland Security grant was, was big. Um, so there are federal dollars already associated with, with law enforcement agencies. But once you have the federal government giving funds to something. They then have the ability to take those funds away. And when agencies, particularly smaller agencies that don't have a very large budget and they rely on some of those grants or some of those fundings to to get equipment and whatnot for their officers, Mm -hmm. when the federal government has the ability to pull financing, to pull funding, um, those agencies can then be pressured to bend to the will of the federal government. And the law enforcement agency, look, it's imperative for our law enforcement agencies to maintain, um, to, to be under the exclusive control of the local governments. The local governments understand the needs of its local community better than the federal government. It's almost like right. the education argument, right? If you live there, you're going to know more about it. You're going it. to know more about it. You're going to understand. This needs this much attention. Right. That street corner. You know, right. Yeah. You understand the little nuances of the population, the right. dynamics of, of the various um, competing interests in the region. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. You really need to know your local population. And this is why um, I, I am so opposed to a federal police force. I'm so opposed to like Homeland Security that's out here with their Viper teams and, 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 uh, and uh, TSA officials going out and actually riding trains and getting more involved out there. I'm very, very much opposed to federal law enforcement agency for a variety of functions. Um, but this is why the federal dollars going to put cameras in vehicles I'm opposed to. Uh, you, Even when, a one-time grant? Of, hey, how big is your agency? Okay, here's X amount of money to cover all the existing 
police yes. force from going forward. I'm not forward. saying that cameras are a bad idea well, for law enforcement. Not even just cameras. I'm, I'm just not. the funding portion of it. Right. I'm just saying. But even the funding to, to get a... that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want anybody to think that my argument against this is that I'm against law enforcement having cameras. Body I don't cameras. You, I don't, or law yeah, that's not vehicles. the point. That's coming that, across on my end. Yeah, I'm, that's that's not at all. It's just the funding portion of it to be able to bend to it. What I'm saying is, it's not a long term grant to continue funding and funding and funding. It's like a one time. Here's a lump sum based on the. But again, where's that money come from? It would be taxed, and obviously. Ex- exactly. Which I think the population at this point would be in agreement. Okay, well, this is a. I good, don't want to pay more tax dollars for that. A one-time tax? Would you I don't pay want, a half a penny? No. Nope. Tax? No. Nope. I don't want to pay more tax for anything. I'm taxed enough We're already. We're getting taxed already. What? I mean, exactly. <laughs> let's pull the tax from a different funding. Right? There you go. <laughs> See, now you're talking. Let's pull the money from somebody like the EPA that just passed this ridiculous water regulation after they had a big PR campaign for it. Hopefully, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but. We can pull these funds from another source. We have so much waste in the federal government to be able to do something like that. But it's very problematic if it goes from being a one-time grant to continual payments. And here's the other issue. Even though agencies may get the cameras paid for, they now have to pay for and find a place to store the, the, the film, the digital media, mm-hmm. um, to be able to pull it. Um, in evidence, from evidence, for different events, to submit to the district attorney's office for prosecution, to copy that data. Um, there, so there is an associated expense along uh, that goes along with it. Sure. In, a, in addition to training the officers in, in how to use that equipment, in addition to um, maintaining the equipment and replacing the equipment when it becomes damaged <coughs> or, or broken, particularly if that patrol vehicle is involved in a collision or it gets broken in a fi- whatever happens to it. So there is ongoing costs associated with it. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Well, and I don't, I don't know too much about. But I'm saying this is why these agencies, not all agencies, may come, have that. Sure, and, and that's understandable. But I'm a lot sure of them they most have do. some type of tech team that works with. The you talk about a smaller agency, though, and they may not have the staffing for that, or or the or the um, tax base that has the revenue to generate to substantiate any additional hires. Okay, and I, I can understand that for the smaller. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough on smaller uh, departments. Yeah, sure. Is it still doable? I don't think that'd be. It, there's a smart way of doing things, and then there's a not smart way. There is, but this is government, right? Work, so they usually do it the not smart way. <laughs> right. When I used to work for a security firm, uh, the video was kept there for 30 days, so you didn't need this huge database system but so you, you would keep it for 30 days and if something happened you would save just that one video but you need it for longer in terms of law enforcement because you have prosecution in cases that potentially right. go and, months and for or those years cases, down the road you would pull and save it for later or too. litigation that can pop up down the road so i mean you'd have to have a retention period of at least a couple years and that's a lot of data. You figure on, how on many cases that would be fine though. Well, you ta- I'm not talking cases. I'm talking oh, yeah. about just patrol because you don't know what comes up. Right, so I, you I still don't. have you still uh, have you still have a retention period um, because you could have. I mean, gosh, how, how many times have we heard just with with people we talk to when we're researching for the shows where officers will tell us, "Oh, yeah, we'll have people that'll call in and complain about something that happened well two months prior," and then what happens if you don't have the video? Now you're accused of, you know, destroying evidence. You already you're don't have the video. Already, most agencies <laughs> do. What? A lot okay. of agencies do, but some. Do not. And it's just, it opens up a big Pandora's box. And again, I'm not opposed to it. I think sure. it's a good idea to if, have, if to have that video. Doable, if it's based doable. on department it, size and funding and all that. Funding is, is a big part. And doing it without those federal funds. I, I don't like federal funds going towards so local So if it were things. you, mm-hmm. how would you do it? 
What what do you have a plan? Have you ever thought of something if you were to do it? Cameras in patrol vehicles? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think that there I mean, how, do you know of a way how you would fund it or or how the city would be able to pay for it? You know, there there are um there are cities that have private um not donations, but private grants that are given to them that they're able to accept to purchase equipment. Um state grants for local governments i would maybe be okay with because it's still kind of at the state level um which understands the needs of a lot of its communities i think you know it depends on how big the state is depends on how big california not so much well (laughs) right california perhaps not so much but there's there's most agencies in california i believe have some sort of video on a lot of their vehicles not all but but a fair amount do um, and let's face it, look, video technology is not ridiculously expensive right now. Absolutely not. Um, but where else could the, when you're talking about a smaller agency, when they have other training needs, training situation, and equipment needs, can they cut money um, to make that happen? And the, But then where do you cut that? Do you cut that in salaries? In which case, that now, no. that now um, uh, diminishes the caliber of person you're able to hire. And I would argue that you want a very high caliber person um, in a position of trust like a police officer me personally Mm -hmm. if if california were to say hey guys we want to raise a tax uh, a two penny tax for one year only for this purpose and once we're done that's it it goes away yeah but it doesn't go away we let's vote on it when is the last time when is the last time a tax in the state of california (laughs) has gone away in a a, uh, fantasy of mine okay okay (laughs) it doesn't involve chocolate or sean at all so yes it does (laughs) You drew pictures for me that one time. Well, I, my camera broke, so I had to like show you what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there are alternate funding sources other than the federal government that could be identified for some of those smaller agencies. Um, but great discussion. I want to continue it on a little bit further if we can. Uh, when we come back next half hour, um, we had a, uh, an announcement uh, for, for president coming up. And uh, uh, Rand Paul made some statements about foreign policy. And I'd like to talk a little bit about the Republican field and uh, some of the differences in the candidates when we come back on the Sackheads Radio Show, SHR Media Network. In a world controlled by corrupt politicians. You got a business. That, you didn't build that. A team of ordinary men emerge from the ashes to give voice to the voiceless and hope to the hopeless. Sackhead Sean. Dude, I'm not saying calf for the stupid. Sackhead Clint. All good friends of ours usually show, show up drunk. drunk. Also starring Socko as the producer. I'm a little bit drunk, I'm a little bit drunk, cause I'm drinking, drinking, drinking. They are the Sackheads Radio Show. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific on shrmedia.com. This is Tammy Jackson, inviting you to join me on The Tammy Jackson Show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific on the405radio.com. Put down that remote and tune into the show that covers politics, guns in the Second Amendment, religious liberties, sanctity of life, the military, and more. I host newsworthy guests and work hard to be a conservative radio show that's not like all the others. So save Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific for me, Tammy Jackson, on the 405media.com. 
Who listens to the Andrea K show? Let's find out as we eavesdrop on listener Roger Johnson in Encinitas. You know, if our policy is going to be bring any child, any child who comes across the border. Okay, so apparently Roger fell asleep in the middle of my brilliant political tirade, and now he plans to sue me because I put him on the air? Sleeping? Obviously, he's a liberal. Snoring. Not an option while listening to The Andrea K Show, Tuesday mornings at 11 on Financial News and Talk. You know I'm right. Y'all know I'm right. Hello, I'm Matt, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Hillsdale President Larry Arn on the continuing relevance of the Constitution. Many argue today that the Constitution is outdated because it addresses problems peculiar to the 18th century. Some parts of the Constitution do read rather quaintly. Consider the injunction against titles of nobility in Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution. But is that so outdated? The purpose of the injunction is to prevent the government granting special privileges to some for partisan reasons. This strikes at the heart of the rule of law. The crony capitalism so common today is a place where the government bestows favors and tax dollars on some businesses to give them a leg up over others. This is exactly the kind of thing the Constitution was meant to prohibit. The Constitution is not so outdated after all. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.com. Then Sean said, I can't find the beer or the keys to this thing anywhere. You guys better get me on the air. And I was like, you have like 2% power left probably. Hey, Saku, just let me know when we go back live. Yeah, okay. I'll let you know. It's pretty soon, actually. All right, good. Uh, anyways, I, I think he urinated himself because he didn't sound <laughs> like he was that he did well together. not urinate himself? He actually did Defecated two. himself? Yeah. Yes. yes. Oh, that poor guy. I, 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 I don't hear the Hillsdale uh, call. We're actually live, just so you know. Hey, thanks for the heads up. Hey, welcome back, uh, Sackhead's Radio Show. See, this what had happened was. Segment two, I'm Sackhead <laughs> Clint, your host. Seated to my left, instead of Sackhead Sean, is Sackhead Shaco, Sacco. <laughs> complete with the uh, Oakland Careful, Athletics. shocking. Hat. You're, you are shocking for completely different wow. reasons. Wow. <laughs> I wish everyone saw that look you just gave me. <laughs> so Rick, I like how you licked your lips and Rick winked San- at me. <laughs> Rick Santorum announced uh, today um, his uh, second campaign for president of the United States. Um, you know, Santorum right now is uh, the real real clear politics poll came out, and he's uh, polling 10th um, right now uh, behind, I believe, Ben Carson and Mike Huckabee. Uh, what he, do you think about him? You know, I like him. He's, he's, he's a social conservative. He, he finished number two to Mitt Romney. Uh, so he was runner-up for, okay. uh, for, for the nominate, Republican nomination uh, in 2012. Uh, he won the Iowa caucus, and I think he won like 11 states his last bid so he he was a strong candidate then the problem i think he faces this time around is there are several other social conservatives that um are polling well and i think can resonate with folks as well his focus uh i think is going to be um on the economy uh kind of his his focus on quote working families uh he came out when he announced with uh coal and an american flag um, talking about how he's running for president and he wants to uh, get rid of the corrupt federal tax quote, uh, quote corrupt federal tax code. Um, and so also holding, like I said, the the American flag. Um, what he's talking about? Just the whole federal tax codes in general? Yeah, he yeah. Just nothing he specific. Like, just yeah, he doesn't like the federal tax code 
and I like I I agree with him. Tax scrap the whole thing. It's ridiculous. Are you in favor for flat tax? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's fair. I think a flat tax is completely fair. And you know there are critics that say, well, they can uh, people that are rich can afford to pay more. Well, yeah, they do. Let's say for the sake of argument and easy math, because I'm not a math guy, right? <laughs> easy math. Um, let's say 10 percent. The flat tax is 10 percent. Sure. You know, I fill out one piece of paper at on tax at tax time. What did I make? I made this much money. Ten percent of that is this. Here's a check. Yeah. Easy, right? And if I make if I make ten thousand dollars, my ten percent is one thousand dollars. If I make a million dollars, my ten percent is a hundred thousand dollars. So if I'm rich, I'm still paying more. But yeah. it's fair because you're paying a percentage of your income. And it's across the board. If you make less, you pay less. If you make more, you pay more. And, I don't see and what's it's fair. It, it absolutely is fair. Why should somebody else? If who I work is, hard to make a million do, dollars, which you don't. <laughs> Hold on, give me give me a year. If I worked hard to make a million dollars, why should I be taxed more just because I worked really hard to make this large amount of money? Because. It's not it's, fair it's that like, you have that much it, money. It's like promoting, up. hey, don't work that hard. Right. No, it's like promoting it's not fair money. that you have that much money. You right. don't need that, that too, much that's, money. Which is kind you of didn't build that. <laughs> you didn't build that. <laughs> you, you don't need that much. What do you need that much money for? Uh, a lot of things. Like what? What do you need it for? I don't need it. Well, see, that's then. thank you for making my case right here. But that's I want why you it should because give, I, did, I worked hard for it. What if you didn't work hard for it? What if you inherited it? Then my father who worked hard for it, is passing down his hard work to earn money to me, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Why not? Why shouldn't he pass it down to other people that need it more than you? You have a job. Because he worked for his family, which he should be able to keep his earnings within his family. It's his desire. Exactly. You can't tell my dad, hey, I know you uh, you were a billionaire, but when you die and you pass on your money to your son, your dad's we're going to tax you again. No. This well then, why would you say that? Why are you lying again? to our listeners again? <laughs> See, this, this is, is why you're not. This is why you're not allowed Look. on the air because you lie to people and they don't trust you, Socko. <laughs> okay, you're a big old liar face. Wow, Sit over I'm there. hurt. <laughs> I'm in an emotional case of this. I'm just. You're always, you're, I don't know how to respond to you. You're, anymore. you're always. You're always an emotional wreck. <laughs> that, that's why we keep you in a cage. Whatever. And that. We're not and that, folks. That, folks, is the statement of defeat. Whatever. Um. So I, I like I like I like the flat I like the flat tax idea to answer your question because I think it is fair, like you said. Yeah, why should you get paid tax forty four percent because you made X number of dollars? It, How realistic do you ridiculous. think that that'll ever be? Do you think we'll ever actually flat tax? I think we are approaching a point where taxation is a point of contention with a lot of people, um, and you know, I, folks don't remember mostly because. Our long time ago um we actually kicked the greatest army in the world's rear um out of our newly developed country over that issue so i i think that um i don't think we'll ever be that great again you know why we'll never be that great again if we keep going the way we're going we're too corrupt no because we're a nation of cowards now sure i think and and uneducated yes. people people don't i don't think the people in this country understand what true liberty is. 
I don't think they understand the sacrifices that our founding fathers made and how great they truly were. I don't think they really understand the principles of freedom and what it truly means to be free. Because in this country, and for, for general, we, we haven't had to fight for our liberty per se. I mean, yeah, you have the greatest generation that fought World War II. And that, that of course, my grandfather was, was uh, among those that fought. But we haven't had to fight. We haven't had a war on our soil defend, you know, threatening our liberty to enslave us as a, as a people or hold us accountable to a tyrant. We haven't had we've, that. We've had attacks we, on our soil from 9-11, but it wasn't really... But it's not, it's not a full-scale war not, on our soil no, where we're no fighting war. for our very survival because an oppressive regime is trying to keep us down, keep us under thumb quartering soldiers amongst our midst there is no uh, habeas corpus there, any of that right um and people don't understand i don't think that socialist society where everybody works and it's all everybody it's the people's things and we all get an equal share and you know to to each what they i mean it's it sounds good to them in theory without really truly understanding what it is or the histories of if we were all robots things. that would work i don't even know what what to say to that <laughs> right now i'm just saying uh, oh, i'm not gonna go into it never mind <laughs> anyways why do you get me off topic like this <laughs> just, <laughs> just saying, if we were robots that would work why not we wouldn't need anything if we were robots, Socko, and that's the ridiculousness of your statement right now. Uh, you're taking it too literal. Never mind. Just carry on. <laughs> I just I like seeing you talk. Go ahead. I'll carry Good on. buddy. Want another cookie? I don't, that was a delicious cookie that you brought what? in for me. I didn't bring that in for you. It was hiding underneath my keyboard, and I, I was like, oh, hey, look, there's a cookie here. I don't care. It tasted really delicious. <laughs> I'm going to check you for worms cookie. in a second. <laughs> How are you going to... Never mind. I don't want to know how you're going to check me for worms. And our listeners don't want to know how you're going to check me for worms. Uh, so Rick Santorum... <laughs> Rick Santorum uh, bid... He, so now the, the declared Republican field, uh, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, Marco Rubio, Ben Carson, Carly Fiorina, Mike Huckabee, Rick Santorum, and, uh, and uh, of course, everybody knows Jeb Bush is going to be running. Um, so... Foreign policy, uh, Rand Paul was on MSNBC and essentially talked about how um, we kind of created ISIS because we were arming um, the Iraqis and they had access to the weapons very easily and now they're this big problem. So he basically uh, disagreed with Bush's handling of, of, uh, of Iraq and with ISIS and blah, blah, blah. So I was actually looking and doing some research on the differences um, in foreign policy for um, each of these candidates. And uh, Rand Paul, of course, is probably the biggest split from the rest of the field in terms of foreign policy. And I know that's not, that's not a huge stretch. Um, I think that his foreign policy will certainly resonate with uh, a lot of the libertarian strain um, in the Republican Party. I think with... Um, 
Reg, uh, just your mainstream run-of-the-mill Republicans. I don't think that his foreign policy is going to really hold water. Um, so I don't know where this is going to take him. I mean, he's been really kind of working hard to separate himself um, from his father's foreign policy, and because he's taken some some hits on that. And here he kind of comes back and almost sounds more like a Democrat. And I, look, I get it. If you're a true libertarian, you have some some areas from the the demo that tend to be traditionally democratic and and some areas where you traditionally agree with republicans uh, but he's going for the republican nomination here uh so i'm i'm a little curious to see how these remarks are going to impact him um i think that he could take a hit for some of these remarks particularly as uh the 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 primary season um winds up um however look he he makes no bones about um, he doesn't like intervening or being involved in, in foreign affairs. Um, one area where he differs from um, the, the rest of the field is he agrees in lifting the 50-year the, uh, embargo with Cuba. Um, most do not. Uh, he does stand with Israel. Um, he does not agree to sending U.S. funds to the Palestinian Authority. Um, he is against terrorism, but... He does have concerns with the Patriot Act. He doesn't want to uh, renew the Patriot Act. As a matter of fact, he, just, he filibustered and and um, that's right. For yeah, like twenty four hours. Or so. But 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 he says, look, first comes preserving the Constitution. And you know what? I I agree with him here on this part. And this may get me some pushback um, here in the chat room. May get me some hate mail. But but that's okay. I don't. I agree with him that we cannot sacrifice our personal liberties and violate the Constitution. And look, we've talked about this with laws that the left has passed when the Supreme Court has said, oh yeah, it's constitutional, when uh, no, it's clearly unconstitutional just because the court says it so does not make it so. They are a branch of government. Um, and so even though some parts of the, pa the parts of the Patriot Act have been held constitutional, I, I don't think that a lot of it is. And I agree with him that we don't give up um, our liberties, and we don't legislate away liberties of our population out of fear. And here's the slippery slope with that, uh, and what I think is dangerous. We have a very real threat now with terror. And if we allow our liberties and our rights to be legislated away at a real threat, what is to stop a government, whichever government, right, left, doesn't matter, from fabricating, like, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? We've talked about it before yeah. on this show. Um, never let a good crisis go to waste, and now they have another excuse to legislate away more liberties. And you go down this slope of allowing infringements on our fundamental rights be okay. And we've done that enough in this country. And so are there ways we can be secure? Of course there are. One way we could be more secure is by allowing the people their Second Amendment rights to keep and bear arms. Everybody in this country who does not have a violent criminal history or a felony conviction in their history or mental health issues should be able to walk down the street with a gun because most people are good. And terrorists would think twice before committing an act if they pulled out their fully automatic weapons and 20 other American citizens stand by, st standing outside pulled out theirs and I think they would think twice, attack. sure. Uh, will it stop them from 
doing the crimes? No, I mean they'll, they're willing to die. They're, they're willing to die. So, but they would do it in other means, right? Because what's their goal? Their goal is to inflict terror. So, what you may lose is you may lose that active shooter attack. What they may start doing is they may start doing suicide bombing attacks, more explosions, or, 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 or something of that nature, right? They may change their tactics, but. That leads to, to other things in other ways. I, I'm not to, opposed to to, to, so, to ha- having guns. I'm I'm all for having guns for just what you just said. I'm just saying it's not going to stop terrorists. It'll make them think twice. It'll it just means make that think twice. There'll be other means to attack. Them. There's always other means. There is right. It's like it's like um, take guns away. There's axes, pencils. You know. Yeah. There's there's <laughs> always another means. It's like you it's heard like the one. That, okay. Go. It's like in martial arts, right? If well, here's this move. Okay, great. Well, here's the counter to that move. Oh, well, here's the counter to the counter. Sure. Uh, here's the counter. I mean, it goes on. For, tactics are forever are, are constantly evolving. Tactics right. constantly evolve. So yeah, you still have to be able to evolve. But just like the the firearms idea isn't a fix all, neither is the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. And giving up our constitutional liberties certainly is not a fix all. Because now you're in. Front, what if what if they say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we're suspending the Second Amendment because now terrorists can't get guns. Well, don't they use fully automatic weapons and weapons that are already illegal? And don't criminals use weapons that are already illegal? So I agree with him on this. And I know that's not a popular uh, view among those on our side of the aisle, but I agree with him. Fundamental rights as free people supersede the need to legislate away those rights for the purposes of safety. Um, Because I think once you do that, the terrorists essentially gain a small victory. They hate our way of life and what we stand for. And part of that is freedom and the liberties that we enjoy. So if we voluntarily give those up, are they not winning a small part of that? I, well, they are. I think I think they oh, are. Absolutely. And I I think the way to stand up against that is uh, not not to do that. Um, so that that's kind of a big that's kind of a big big deal. One area I do disagree with him is um, he did not want to quarantine uh, returning Ebola doctors unless they were symptomatic. I disagree with with Rand Paul um, on that. Uh, one thing I do agree with him on is he wants to end all foreign aid. He understands that it's not realistic right now. He wants to end foreign aid. Look, I unless it's to, to Israel or to to some of our allies, I think giving money to I'm, a, I'm assuming we're I think giving, giving money to, to, to Iran and no <laughs> no hey you're the enemy here's some money yeah I do like I I do like um, he wants to to leave the UN and maintain U.S. sovereignty. Does he really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. He was talking about it in November of 2010. I love it. Look, we talk on this we show all the time. We talked about it for like a year yes. straight. Kick, <laughs> kick the UN out of New York. I think that was the first pull topic out of the every UN. Show stop, you. stop funding it. Um, yeah. Um, I think foreign aid is important if done right. Okay. I, I, I would. Well, say he's talking about ending U.S. aid to countries that burn our flag. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. His view also is that U.S. aid and aid. U.S. aid enables a war on Christianity in the in, in the Middle East. Yeah, what he's saying is it helps um, the the Muslim cause or the extremist cause. Uh, he does talk about prioritizing embassy security to avoid another Benghazi attack. I absolutely agree with him um, there. 
he, he talks about engaging both friend and foe in dialogue. Ah, that sounds a little Obama-esque. I think that could hurt him, right? Because Obama says, hey, I'll sit down with uh, uh, terrorists with you know basically no preconceived notions, no strings attached. I think friend or foe kind of meaning maybe countries we don't get along with as well. Considering that, I think, though, talking sure. about in, I think he was talking, he's about talking about enemies too. But you could try that, but at a certain point, you can't. You can't would really you do that. Would you consider Russia an ally or, or not? I would not consider would them you, an ally. You no. Consider them a foe. I would consider Russia a foe right now. Would you sit down and talk with Russia? With Putin? Yeah. I would attempt a dialogue with him. Okay, so you would do. I would uh, no. Friend, I'm not friend or foe. So, I, I would. I would not. I would not go in there and say, "Hey, I will talk to you with with no preconditions." No, what I would go in there and say is, "Hey." You know, um, stop your fighting here. Stop trying to put the old gang back together, and now we can sit down and have a dialogue. But as long as he's engaged in his activities of attacking sovereign nations, mm-hmm. no, we don't need to have a dialogue with him, I don't think. I think we could sure. talk to him on the global stage. I think we could send a message. I think we could build up. Could we Could we meet on on that issue before we opened up dialogue on, on, a, on, a, on a broader scale? Yes. But if that issue is not being resolved, then so it, you would consider no. it based on based on who the circumstances it is and circumstances, right? Exactly. I wouldn't come out with a blanket and statement of, "Oh yeah, just talk that's to what he means by the statement." No, do you think, I think he's just talking. Hey, let's rekindle I, I this fire. I think he would talk and just friendship. say, "Hey, yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk to talk to everybody." Um, Marco Rubio. So Marco Rubio's um, foreign policy. Uh, he talks about building relations with Mexico for trade and oil. Uh, not just for the border. Um, he uh, he does talk about Che Guevara, how Cuban exiles hate Che Guevara, and he wants no association with Quit Che Guevara. And I think that came up because you know the T-shirts with Tri- che-, che Guevara's picture on it was kind of trendy. People had no idea who this guy is. The guy's a mass murderer, um, and they were touting him as some revolutionary of the people. He was a communist, killed a bunch of people, helped put uh, Castro in power. Um, horrible. Uh, he does talk about uh, military action should be on the table in Iran. So I do, I do agree with, with Marco Rubio on that, uh, particularly with some of the reports we're seeing from our pilots coming back right now and this, the airstrikes on ISIS where they're saying, hey, it's taking us an hour before we can even engage these people. It's, it's problematic. Um, it's hampering our ability to, to, to do anything. Um, he does support the state of Israel against Hamas uh, in Gaza. He does sponsor funding um, and supplying the rebels in Syria. Um, he says, hey, our engagements with Vietnam and China has not led to freedom. Uh, he believes that Cuba must improve on human rights uh, and engagement in order to continue our, our negotiations with them. Uh, he does say that Cuban embargo was designed to protect American companies. Uh, he does say he wants to provide more assistance to Jordan in order to prepare Jordan um, against ISIS, and he wants to stay involved in the fight against ISIS um, uh, right now, and I think that's that's huge. He does say that press freedom is a universal human right. Uh, he talks about, you know, in that case, hey, the First Amendment applies to everybody, so freedom of the press should be a, a, a human right. Um, that's where Marco Rubio stands on some of those issues, and I know kind of we're, we're, we got pressed on time here. Um, Ted Cruz. Uh, Ted Cruz says, hey, Cuba is oppressive, uh, but they never miss a chance to, to for propaganda, which is, which is absolutely true. Um, he wants to help in eastern Ukraine um, against Russia, believes uh, sanctions against Putin. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, Carly Fiorini. So she does not have a huge um, 
a huge platform in terms of things she's done on these types of, of levels. But she does not want to deal with Russia or Iran on nuclear cooperation. She came out and said that um, in June of, of, of 2010. Um, you know, I, I do like her... Um, I do like her, her gun control policy, since we talked about that. She opposed the 94 assault weapons ban. Um, she says, hey, let people on the no-fly list purchase guns. Because the no-fly list is so poorly managed, why are we restricting their rights when the, the list itself is poorly weapons? She says assault weapons ban is arbitrarily um, about what weapons actually qualify for that. Uh, she opposes the restrictions on, on uh, any restriction on the right to, to keep and bear arms on the Second Amendment back from, from 2010. Uh, so I actually like Carly Fiorina. I don't. Her name's not really out there right now. She's not a well-known. Yeah, she's, I, she's, I don't know her. <laughs> she's known in California. In California, I, um, she's not well-known on the national level. And I think she needs to get her name out there, particularly if she wants to be involved in the debates. But I think she could be a strong candidate. Um, and for those that don't know who she is, uh, I would encourage you to to, to check her out, um, look into her a little bit more. Um, Jeb Bush. So uh, <laughs> you're like, okay, here's where we stop. Well, and we we wait for the next segment because we have a whole twenty minutes on him. Well, yes and no. He does say that words matter. You know, presidents should mean it when should mean basically say what they mean, mean what they say. And, and I absolutely agree with that. He said that in December of of last year. Um, he wanted I think to everybody should be th like that. They if should. You he say something, you should mean it. Yes, uh, he wants to strengthen the Cuban embar Cuban embargo instead of lifting it. Um, he wants to build schools in Mex in Mexico on a on a high school project. Or he did. He built a school in Mexico um, on a, on a high school project. Okay, that's great. And? But well, look. Okay, why not do something here in our own country? Right. That, first? That's my biggest thing. Is right? okay. Look, if you're going to be president, focus on us ninety percent of the time. Yes, the outside is also important, but we need to fix our, our huge issues before we start helping other people out with their huge issues. Right. Right. Um, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he he doesn't really. I'm not I'm not a Jeb Bush. I'm not a Jeb Bush guy, um, at all. Uh, ben Carson, Ben Carson says the U.S. is exceptional with different values than the rest of the world. I love that statement. I love it. I also love it. How when does he, he followed up? <laughs> I also love it when he talked about um, in 2012 that Rome's decline began with immoral lifestyle, and we're kind of starting to see that here in America. And we've talked about it on this show before, where we have compared America to um, the, the Roman Empire and how Rome fell, and how America is absolutely going that same that same way. It's it's cyclical. I think that that that's brilliant uh, brilliant insight. He says U.S. poverty pales in comparison to the billions in India and Africa. He's absolutely right. He says freedom is why people come from Cuba to the U.S. and and not the other way around. He's absolutely right. Where I disagree with Ben Carson um, is on some of his gun control issues. Um, he says that law-abiding citizens absolutely should have the right to guns. That's great. But he also talks about semi-automatic weapons being okay in the countryside but not in cities. And here's where um, I, I deviate from him a lot on this issue. Why are people in the country okay to have semi-automatic weapons and people in cities not? Why do people in the countryside if have... If a criminal from the countryside have, comes over to the well, city well, and how, decides to any, unload... Anything. <laughs> why, why, why in the city can I, do I have to defend myself with a different weapon than somebody in the countryside? If, a, if I deem for my personal protection that a semi-automatic weapon is the most efficient way, uh, way to 
protect my family and myself, why is that option not on the table to me when somebody in the countryside it is? Do, does my Second Amendment rights change because I live in a city? Does where I live dictate the extent to which I can exercise my constitutional right? And the answer is absolutely no, because all people have the same rights regardless of where you live. So I, I take umbrage with, with uh, Dr. Carson's statement on gun control, and it's that statement um, that I would, I would um, if I ever had the opportunity to talk to him, I would, I would press him on that and ask him that, that very question. If so, we're in, if so, we're in good and evil, I, I would take that of the lesser evil, meaning but see, if but there's a lot more benefits to, to him versus, okay, gun control, I may not agree with you on that. Yeah, but for I me, it's, okay for me, it's with... more fundamental than that. For me, it's more fundamental. For me, if, if he's willing, even if it's we're talking about a 2A issue, if he's willing to say these people can exercise 2A this way, but this other group of people cannot, now you're talking no, I, about I don't agree two, with that. Well, that's fun because what if now, if he has that stance on gun control, what would prohibit him from having that stance on any issue? What would prohibit him from saying, well, if you live in the countryside – you can feel free to have free, free speech and speak your mind about X issue because you're not going to cause a riot, but you can't talk about that issue in the city because... Every situation is different. Yes, anybody can do that. I could... <laughs> anybody can... If you're thinking that way, yes. Sure. But that goes for every single candidate. It, it does. But that's my point. If he has that point of view where you can, you can apply a natural right differently among different segments of the population then you can then it's not a far leap to say he could extend that to to any issue um you know i'm really upset at you what are you upset at me i about? don't want to talk to you anymore i'm going back to my cage you're not going back to your cage you can't you can't go on your page uh, your cage page. Um, mike, mike yes, huckabee uh, real quick i know we're up against a break but i want to I, I don't want to forget about mike huckabee i want to give him a fair time also um he he does talk about um that uh, globalists and corporations are making the U.S. more like China than traditional um, um, uh, America. He has said that Islamic terrorism is the country's most pressing issue from January of, of 2015. Uh, he wants to get as many views as possible regarding foreign policy, which I think is that's smart. You want to get a bunch of different opposing views. Um, uh, he says that we answer to our constitution, not to international law. I absolutely agree with him. On that, uh, we do have Sean on the line. So apparently, he made it to the cell phone. Unfortunately, Hi. we're not going to let Sean speak because we are up against a break. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to have Sackhead Sean. We're going to give him an opportunity to get some water um, to rehydrate himself a little bit from his long trek out of the cage. Hopefully, Hi, um, guys. hopefully, you're not allowed to talk yet, Sean. Um, hopefully, oh, sorry. <laughs> hopefully, he's uh, he doesn't run out of change. You left enough change, right, Socko, for him to go through the gate. Okay, so he should. When we come back. Next half hour, Sackhead Sean will join us. In a world controlled by corrupt politicians. You got a business. That, you didn't build that. A team of ordinary men emerge from the ashes to give voice to the voiceless and hope to the hopeless. Sackhead Sean. Dude, I'm not saying calf for the stupid pro. Sackhead Clint. All good friends of ours usually show, show up drunk. drunk. Also starring Sako as the producer. I'm a little bit drunk, I'm a little bit drunk, cause I'm drinking, drinking, drinking. They are the Sackheads Radio Show. 
every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific on shrmedia.com. This is Tammy Jackson inviting you to join me on The Tammy Jackson Show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific on the 405radio.com. Put down that remote and tune into the show that covers politics, guns in the Second Amendment, religious liberties, sanctity of life, the military, and more. I host newsworthy guests and work hard to be a conservative radio show that's not like all the others. So save Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific for me, Tammy Jackson, on the405media.com. Who listens to The Andrea K Show? Let's find out as we eavesdrop on listener Roger Johnson in Encinitas. You know, if our policy is going to be bring any child, any child who comes across the border, Okay, so apparently Roger fell asleep in the middle of my brilliant political tirade, and now he plans to sue me because I put him on the air? Sleeping? Obviously, he's a liberal. Snoring. Not an option while listening to The Andrea K Show, Tuesday mornings at 11 on Financial News and Talk. You know I'm right. Y'all know I'm right. Hello, I'm Matt, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Hillsdale President Larry Arn on the continuing relevance of the Constitution. Many argue today that the Constitution is outdated because it addresses problems peculiar to the 18th century. Some parts of the Constitution do read rather quaintly. Consider the adjunction against titles of nobility in Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution. But is that so outdated? The purpose of the injunction is to prevent the government granting special privileges to some for partisan reasons. This strikes at the heart of the rule of law. The crony capitalism, so common today, is a place where the government bestows favors and tax dollars on some businesses to give them a leg up over others. This is exactly the kind of thing the Constitution was meant to prohibit. The Constitution is not so outdated after all. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.com. And we're back, Sackhead's Radio Show. I am Sackhead Clint, and on the line, finally made it through his journey, Sackhead Sean. Sean, are you there? I am here. Thank you so much for actually answering the call this time. Hey, yeah, not a problem. Hey, did Sacco actually leave you the correct map? <laughs> well, describe map, because what I got drawn onto a sock was a stick figure with a big nose. I can only assume it's you. Um, and with the words map, and the P was actually backwards that I assume Sacco wrote it. Um, so to say I got a map, I guess technically... To what? I have no idea. Well, you obviously found it, so that's good, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm here and I'm well. And uh, Also, just as you guys were going on the air, um, it, it, uh, did you talk about Texas at all? Because I missed a little bit. How could um, you miss a little bit? We gave you the I, phone I, with 10% power. <laughs> First of all, it was 8. And for whatever reason, it was already streaming... Uh, Justin Bieber, but the name Sokka was engraved on the back of this phone, so... Um, <laughs> that was... He left his iTunes open. He did! What a playlist! I didn't know somebody could have so much Taylor Swift in one phone. Um, but... <laughs> Just before we went on, we know about the floods and everything going on down in Texas the last week, and just the horrendous, horrendous um, uh, weather that they've been having, and um, Dan... Butcher, our friend over at Putnam Press, actually sent me a text that said, hey, we're going to the tornado shelter. Talk to you in a minute. Um, 
you know, you and I both don't deal with tornadoes on a regular basis, but how salty of somebody yeah, can we, you get? We, we don't deal with tornadoes on a regular basis, but um, <laughs> look, my ex-wife is kind of uh Well... Or, or we're I, not talking about that. With, you've dealt with storms, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> Mother of storms. No, uh, but to just throw out a nonchalant text like that shows who real Texans are. Right. If that was you or me, we'd be huddled in the middle of the driveway crying and sobbing. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I just got to run to the basement. I'll be back in like two minutes. Right. And uh, he, he was back right away. So he was in there for like 30 seconds. Yeah, I j- seriously, long enough to shotgun a beer, I think. Perfect. <laughs> So how have you been? Uh, so I'm doing well, sir. Thank you so much for taking my call this evening. Well, of I, course. I love being why, a guest on the show. It's it's one of my favorite shows to be a guest on. Um, and uh, you guys, you guys do a hell of a job. The guy that's normally there with you guys been off the last couple of weeks, though. He really carries things. Um, yeah, he does. Mostly so. wires and like lunch bags <laughs> and bottles of beer. <laughs> Uh, well, lots of bottles of beer, and usually he carries those um, outside the bottle and internally. So, um, <laughs> right. And he he even takes the he even takes the pressure of processing them out. I mean, he's really a helper. That guy. Uh, just don't leave any cookies on his desk. So because what do you they get won't for me they won't be there uh, at all <laughs> at all. What do you get for me tonight? Because today on my show, I did uh, um, all the topics I did. Uh, that's I perfect. So on your show, media. you did all the topics you did. No, no, exactly. But I did social media. I did no prep. I read the I read the articles and the stories, and then responded. So I love going into things blind on Wednesday, I guess. So what do we got for this half hour, Clint? Um, look, well, you're kind of throwing a monkey wrench in things because we honestly didn't even think you'd find the map until nine fifty five. Uh, we didn't think you'd find your way to the payphone <laughs> there. So we actually prepped this show, not thinking that you were going to be involved at all. Um, oh man, could you adjust it a little bit for me? Okay, okay. So, All right, thanks. So let's let's talk a little bit about Baltimore. Yes. So what do you think? Well, I think. No, okay. Right so now, I'm just kidding. So two things on Baltimore. Oh. So you're not coming. So you're not coming into this blind. First of all, um, an, initial <laughs> initial estimates uh, are going to cost the city at least twenty million dollars, and all the estimates are not in yet. Uh, Baltimore says, "Yeah, we can pay that out of our rainy day fund." Um, but I want to get talk about that, and then I also want to talk about, and we kind of led into it a little bit as we talked a little bit about, we had got touched on gun control just a very little bit in terms of how the candidates differ a little bit, the, the Republican candidate field, at least those that have declared so far, um, and, uh, and the violence in Baltimore over this Memorial Day weekend, and then the White House's um, response uh, to that uh, earlier which which will absolutely kill you so those are the two things uh, but let's talk first about the 20 million dollars in, in cost recovery um, from from the riots and this is according to the baltimore sun uh via via fox news um, they're saying that this 20 million dollar figure uh includes uh police and firefighter overtime um damage to we're talking just city-owned property um and other jurisdictions that helped out with pl- uh, law enforcement duties that's that doesn't sound like that's not that's not counting private businesses that have been um destroyed have to be real rebuilt or 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 anything like that no not at all and and, you know it's funny how they throw listen this is a spin to throw that number out there before the totality um 
is summed up, and we actually know what the true figure is. I'm guessing closer to $100 million, um, with all the property damage. And, and there's a lot of other things that they're leaving out as well. Um, and how much has happened since then as a result of the violence? I mean, look at this past weekend was the most violent weekend Baltimore's West Side has seen since 1999, when Baltimore was quite literally on fire. Um, and, and a lot of this has to do, in my opinion, with the uh, law enforcement is just so demoralized in that city. They're not, they, they, they just don't want to deal with it. I, I, and I hate to say that, but I, you're always, you know, I, I think they're only responding to calls that they have to. That's an impact as well that's not monetary because, you know, those poor folks who are in uniforms there, what's their motivation to go to uh, and try to stop crime? Because right now the world's biggest micro, uh, ma- magnifying glass is on them, and they know that if they make one mistake, they're done. So they're going to do with the bare minimum what they have to do to protect themselves, never mind the amount of ambushes on all the other stuff. So that's a number that doesn't even get touched in all of this. The monetary... Or, or conducting any proactive um, activities or enforcement, they are not preventing any crime, and therefore, Mm-mm. obviously, more crime is happening. Um, and, and that, I mean, that is going to have a financial impact as well, I mean, for the victims, their families, and potential any victim uh, compensation that they may apply for, or whatever the case may be. Uh, so, so I mean, it, it obviously spills over. But we're talking about just this twenty million dollars for, um, I mean, just just the riots. And there's another estimate that came out um, where they're talking about uh, declaration uh, uh, request for for disaster assistance puts it like about thirty point five um, million dollars. Um, I mean, and you're, you're talking about, remember the, the, the Orioles game that was played, the first Major League oh, yeah. Baseball game that was played? To, I mean, how, how much, much revenue was lost? Lose? Yeah. How much Huge. revenue was lost with that? And not just, not just at that stadium. You have to think of all the businesses around that that absolutely um, depend on those games every single night, every single weekend. You know, they thrive on the crowds that go to those games before and after and the people that just come downtown to sit in their restaurants and bars and watch a game. It was a tremendous, tremendous loss of revenue for those folks as well. So this, you know, I think it's cute. And once again, it's a Democrat thing. We're going to throw this arbitrary number out. And yeah, it looks kind of high, but it's not the real deal. It's not how the community was truly impacted. You had businesses that were closed, lost money right there you had a transit system shut down so people couldn't go to work you had people afraid to come out of their home how much money did those people who were supposed to go to work i but here's the thing sean the people that stayed home how much money did they save like they didn't have to buy a coffee that day (laughs) they didn't have to cut uh, buy five cups of coffee and two meals during the course of their employment? No. Right. But, so how much money did they uh, save? See, why is it why is it always a rain cloud with you? Why can't you ever look at the positives? <laughs> it's a thunderstorm. And, and, and it's only getting worse. And, and I'll tell you right now, for the people of Baltimore, how many businesses who maybe were considering 
building or, or putting in a store or whatever there, that, that, after this situation came out they're, they're like yeah we're not doing that anymore well look I know I know there were talks among the SHR media um, um, uh, royalty that uh, we were talking about different places to relocate um, the headquarters and and Boston or uh, Baltimore came up but now yeah, Boston, I mean that 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 obviously is off the table. Right, so that leaves us. Uh, we have to have a meeting and start narrowing down our list. Right, yeah. so I mean, so they lost that dollar twenty-five in revenue. At least twenty-five. We're a dollar seventy-five on our worst day. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, it's true. There's a lot of businesses who may have been considering moving there who didn't. Um, and, and never or which mind ones will business. not rebuild now? Right. That's the other thing I was going to say is how many businesses are going to be closed permanently now that aren't even going to reopen? Wasn't there, that Maybe CV- they wasn't there a CVS pharmacy? And, and CVS, I'll give them all the credit in the world on this, is they turned around and said, nope, we're going to rebuild and we're going to be right back in that community. It's our community. Oh, good for I, them. I, that, very good for them. And, and, you know, oh, crony capitalists, those crony capitalists, no. No, they're not, actually. They want to get back because they – and they said we have employees. More importantly, we have patients that we serve um, that need medication, and we don't want them having to go to you know look, 18 blocks away to the next one. Look, obviously, it's, they're just an evil, evil capitalist company, and they think <laughs> that they're going to make money in that community, which is the only reason they're rebuilding. They wouldn't rebuild right. simply to help people in that community because they have patients there or whatever. So stop giving the company credit, Sean. They are an evil, evil, evil capitalist entity. <laughs> well, and the other financial loss – thanks, Sako. The <laughs> other financial loss that we have to look at um, is lawsuits that are going to be put against the city um, from these businesses and, and entities who may actually have a decent case to turn around and say, yeah, you didn't do enough to protect us, and the city was neglectful in how they handled the rioting. Right, because and, you told your folks to stand down. Yeah, and loss and damages, yeah. You know what, CVS may just go the insurance route and go away, but if you're a mom-and-pop shop and insurance isn't going to cover it, and you have legitimate pain and suffering to you and your employees, there's money there. Um, I think any good attorney will have that conversation in a second. Um, so, what you just said is an oxymoron. You said good attorney. <laughs> Any attorney that's worth his salt. Or her salt. Um, I'm sorry for my sexist partner. In ambulance chasing. um, Will absolutely. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) There goes the attorney crowd. Um, All all three of them. All three of them just shut us down. Wait, Megyn Kelly, come back. We weren't talking about you. (laughs) We're we're so sorry. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) that is, uh, um, that's all numbers that's going to come out down the line. And you'll never see that in media. It won't go to the forefront in media. Hang on a second. It's what do you what do you mean it will never come out in media? We just put it out there. Yeah, but after this number, and you know this as well as I do, right. this number is going to get thrown out. And any other number that comes out, lawsuit, everything along those lines will be buried in page eight underneath the classifieds. Um, you know where Sako gets most of his dates from. Right, and that Actually, and, I got but, zero dates. <laughs> you read the wrong classifieds. Yeah, every time I don't know why people show up to my house with a dog as if I'm a dog walker. I'm, I'm not trying to go on a date with a dog. <laughs> you're you're in the bestiality section. Just because section, I look Sako. like a dog doesn't mean it, it's I, the bestiality I don't get it. section. 
They keep trying to show up to Sokka's house to walk him every day. <laughs> <laughs> they have a show with the leash. I'm like, what are you doing with the leash? I'm not gonna hang myself. They think they think Sokka's banana Sokka. They think Sokka's going to Comic Con. Is like, oh good. I look, I got. I'm, I'm Han Solo. <laughs> you remember the part in uh, Empire Strikes Back where they had Chewie by, by the neck collar? It's just like that. What if I told um, you I've never watched Star Wars? I wouldn't believe you, Sokka. You're a tech Sokka. guy. There is no way you haven't seen Star Wars. Sako, you probably have Star Wars underoos on right now. He does. Hold on, let me check. <laughs> oh, wow. No, How Sako, did you know? That, Sako, that's not a lightsaber. I don't care if you did paint it green. Um, <laughs> stop making that noise, Sako. <laughs> that's just weird. <laughs> Come here, Clint. Tag your head. <laughs> Uh, that's cute. A little wet Q-tip lightsaber. That's cute. Oh, that's that's adorable. So yeah, I mean, this number is that that Baltimore threw out. This isn't a true number. This is just a number of appeasement, which has led to this entire incident that we're dealing right now. Is appeasement at the end of the day? Appeasement. 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 But at the end of the day, like Ferguson, like everything else, it's all about appeasement. They. Uh, these cities and towns. Do we have an appeasement counter for how many times Sean's thrown this word out, Sako? You need to get on that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think we're up to 17, but I'm not sure. We have to go back and count. <laughs> but that's, I mean, Doesn't it is it, what led to these. It's horrible it not is. having you in studio because you can't shoot dirty looks at me or throw erasers at me. We can't get into our oh. eraser fight like we usually do. Yeah, I just blow kisses. You know what? If Sock if Sako on the phone call, Sako could turn on video and I could shoot dirty looks at all of you. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of work. All of you. What else can all you shoot yes. at me? That's dirty. All you. All you. All you. Hey, uh, so we have 9 minutes for the segment left, but I want to get into the second part of the whole Baltimore thing. So over uh, over the Memorial Day weekend in Baltimore, um, which is probably the Probably, I would have guessed, the safest city uh, in America because of all the gun control laws. Uh, but 29 people were shot, 9 killed, uh, making this month the most violent um, uh, in, in uh, uh, violent for the city. Uh, all outside influence. What's that? All outside influence. Right. Yeah, I forgot about that. All, all outside um, influence. So, Maryland has very strict gun control laws. Mm-hmm. And... This violence now. I mean, this is this is. You're talking about 29 shot, nine killed. Um, what? Just a, a few weeks after the riots uh, from from uh, regarding the Freddie Gray incident, uh, and I mean, what is going on in this city? Look, asked about the violence um, on on Tuesday, Josh Ernest, our 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 favorite uh, White House douchebag. I mean, uh, press secretary. I'm sorry, I was reading a different article, uh, but it still fits. <laughs> Uh, Senior the douchebag. Yeah, he he says here here's his answer. Uh, quote: Obviously, there's some common sense things we could do. Certainly, passage of some gun safety laws in Congress that yep. could keep hands or that could keep guns out of the hands of criminals would be yep. one thing that we could do to try to limit the violence. Hang on a second, jackass. <laughs> Two years ago, Maryland just passed a bunch of new gun control laws. Yeah, this place should be safe as hell. And they already have some of the strictest gun control laws in the nation. Mm-hmm. And they use well, they, they use the Newtown, Connecticut massacre as as kind of a springboard 
for these 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 gun uh, registrations. And some of these new bills were saying that anybody who buys a handgun has to submit to fingerprints uh, to state law mm-hmm. enforcement. It banned 45 new types of weapons and called them assault weapons, and we've talked about that, right? Like if I throw mm-hmm. a spoon at somebody, that's an assault spoon. Anything could be an assault whatever. Um, they I'm limited assault socks. <laughs> right. They the limited uh, the magazine capacity to 10 rounds. Um, mm-hmm. It addressed firearm uh, accessibility for the mentally ill, which, hey, you know what? That's... That's a, that's a reasonable so one, discussion to have. The one conversation I'll have. Right. Um, they required potential handgun buyers uh, to submit to fingerprints. Um, only five other states uh, have that requirement. Connecticut, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, and, of course, Massachusetts. Sorry, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, Josh Ernest is talking about these gun control laws. Look, criminals, by definition get guns they're already not supposed to have guns that's like saying listen if we made a law against murdering people people wouldn't get murdered right guess what i'm pretty sure maryland has a homicide law and nine people were killed over the memorial day weekend why don't we make drug laws too um because that's out of control and it's about time we dealt with that you know this administration with the ability to try to push their agenda through the tragedy of others uh, amazes me. It's like going into a restaurant every single day, ordering a coffee and getting punched in the face. But yet we keep going back and asking the question. We, we just can't help ourselves. Uh, Josh, what about uh, the gun violence this week? Are you going to address maybe the fact that the city's falling apart or maybe the fact that you know the communities need to own the problems a little bit more and maybe – yeah, it's all the gun's fault. Really? Right. Because – You know what's weird? Yeah, maybe – how many times now? I have a gun, and I, I think mine's broken. I just got a new one. Congratulations! I think mine's broken um, because mine has never, has yeah, mine has never got up on its own, run out of the house, and started shooting anybody. Lazy. It's a lazy. I, it's gun. a. It's a lazy gun. I might have to take it back. I would at least have it checked out because something's wrong with that. Um, I had the same problem. Um, both of mine, even the new one, it just doesn't randomly go off. It certainly doesn't seek out people wearing opposite gang colors or involved in narcotic activity or something like that and, and shoot them or cause them to shoot each other. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny how, and we've talked about this for years now, Clint, but when are we going to stop blaming the inanimate objects for well, the we, actions? Well, we blame Obama, and he's kind of an inanimate object. <laughs> I think automaton is a better word. Um, <laughs> but, you know, to this is their way, again, to ignore what the real problem is. You have a city like Baltimore run by Democrats for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Progressive. Uh, people keep voting in Democrats, progressive. Progressive Democrats. They, ha- they have gun laws. They've loose. Listen, they've stopped. Their arrest rate has dropped through the floor since this new mayor took over. It's dropped even further into the basement since the riots happened. Well, clearly crime's um, down. Crime is going way up. How can that be? Arrests are down. May is the deadliest month they've had, like I said, in, yep. what, 16, 17 years? Yep. Um, and, and for people who don't realize, if you go back and watch the TV show The Wire, that's how Baltimore truly was in the 90s. Um, it, it wasn't all that different. It was an extremely violent and horrific place. And they, they made some great lengths to make changes. But then 
people's feelings started getting hurt because, oh, well, they're just targeting the guy sitting out on the stoop. Well, yeah, but the guy sitting out on the stoop has a gun on him. He's been to jail 14 times, and he's slinging dope from the stoop. Um, well, no, they're just doing it because he's black. No, he happens to be black, but committing crimes. Now, There's a gigantic difference. Now, I know, I know you probably missed it, and you brought race into this show. Um, earlier, uh, there was a Belgian Malinois police dog that saved his partner's life, and we actually talked about yes. it. But we refused... Yeah, we, uh, we refused to talk about the race of the dog because it was a black Belgian Malinois, and we didn't want to bring race or interject race into the show at all <laughs> because we know Ken's listening. Um, and so you, I know you missed that part earlier, but I just want to bring I'm you up sorry. to speed that we we were trying to uh, we were attempting to have a race free um, show. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. And I it actually started out with the with the the Belgian Malinois, a, a darker shaded. Um, breed of of dog or a, a darker shaded Belgian Malinois. So we're just we're trying uh, to be PC here. So just just to give you a heads up. I, I'm you know what I, I I'm glad you guys are on the straight and narrow. Finally, I'm sorry I missed the uh, memo. Yeah, Maybe no, it's I okay. My memos. Um, but I, but listen, I, we see it all the time in cities. Every single time the police start making headway, the cry of racism goes up right away. Oh, this is just to target minorities. No. It's not. It's to target the criminality in certain areas. And if you have an area that's heavily populated by minorities, then percentage-wise, yes, you are going to have more, quote-unquote, minorities arrested in those areas. You know what my response would have been if I was Josh Ernest? (laughs) I I, I wait with bated breath. Yeah, I would have said, you want to solve the crime problem in Baltimore? Then I said that that's a local issue, not a federal issue. And I suggest you take it up with the elected officials in Baltimore. Oh, no, but it is a federal issue to them. That's the problem. Right, exactly. I'm saying that would, have been, that would have been my response Well, that would have been it. an appropriate response. Absolutely would have been. I, I, I agree 100%. Right. But they want it to be a federal issue. Of they course they do. They want to be on the forefront of this. They want to be the solution to the problem because even if it's not a real solution, it's a phony solution like we see time and again. No, it's a bigger power grab by the federal government because as they have solutions to local issues, they can interject themselves into those local issues and have have the big bad federal government come in and save the day. We are up against a break. When we come back, um, there are some some U.S. military pilots that have come out and uh, talking about that uh, their ability to carry out these strikes against ISIS are being severely hampered um, by politics and decision-making at the top level. So I want to talk about that, get Sean's reaction. When we come back on the SHR Media Network, Sackheads Radio Show. In a world controlled by corrupt politicians. You got a business. You didn't build that. A team of ordinary men emerge from the ashes to give voice to the voiceless and hope to the hopeless. Sackhead Sean. Dude, I'm not saying calf for the stupid pro. Sackhead Clint. All good friends of ours usually show, show up drunk. drunk. Also starring Sako as the producer. I'm a little bit drunk, I'm a little bit drunk, cause I'm drinking, drinking, drinking. They are the Sackheads Radio Show. Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific on SHRmedia.com. This is Tammy Jackson, 
inviting you to join me on The Tammy Jackson Show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific on 405radio.com. Put down that remote and tune into the show that covers politics, guns in the Second Amendment, religious liberties, sanctity of life, the military, and more. I host newsworthy guests and work hard to be a conservative radio show that's not like all the others. So save Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific for me, Tammy Jackson, on the 405media.com. Who listens to The Andrea K Show? Let's find out as we eavesdrop on listener Roger Johnson in Encinitas. You know, if our policy is going to be bring any child, any child who comes across the Okay, so apparently Roger fell asleep in the middle of my brilliant political tirade, and now he plans to sue me because I put him on the air? Sleeping? Obviously, he's a liberal. Snoring. Not an option while listening to The Andrea K Show, Tuesday mornings at 11 on Financial News and Talk. You know I'm right. Y'all know I'm right. Hello, I'm Matt, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is Hillsdale President Larry Arn on the continuing relevance of the Constitution. Many argue today that the Constitution is outdated because it addresses problems peculiar to the 18th century. Some parts of the Constitution do read rather quaintly. Consider the injunction against titles of nobility in Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution. But is that so outdated? The purpose of the injunction is to prevent the government granting special privileges to some for partisan reasons. This strikes at the heart of the rule of law. The crony capitalism, so common today, is a place where the government bestows favors and tax dollars on some businesses to give them a leg up over others. This is exactly the kind of thing the Constitution was meant to prohibit. The Constitution is not so outdated after all. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.com. And we're back. Seconds right and we're back, Sackheads Radio Show. Sean, are you with us? I sure am. Did Socko leave you enough change, or are you going to run out of time? Because I know when we were on the break, fortunately our listeners couldn't hear it, but that, the operator came on and asked you to yes. please deposit more change. And I know we may have yeah, some well, younger listeners that don't know what, exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> fortunately, I was able to get change um, for my pesos. And uh, I think I bought enough to get me through the next 26 minutes. So I think I'll be okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, and ho- running and hope- 27 minutes. And so... hopefully the conversion rate, you didn't have exact because I know you were doing the math in your head um, with all the decimals and so forth. So you may actually be okay. Okay, good. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know because I can't, I can't math. I can't math. You can't math. <laughs> can't so math. good. <laughs> I don't that, know because I can't math. That that might be that might be uh, sackhead quote of the week. We want food. Well, you Just know what? The Clintons need to learn how to math. Um, because no. if they don't, they're going to get in a lot of trouble real soon. Who needs to learn how to math? The Clintons. The the Clintons. Yeah, that, that's not this segment. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, no, we can. <laughs> if there's time, you can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so. The, the the U.S. military, um, you know, we have airstrikes going on against uh, against the the Islamic State, and uh, Fox News uh, did an article that U.S. military pilots are complaining, um, of their, their an online article uh, that their hands are tied in this fight mm-hmm. against ISIS, um, and they had some some um, confidential sources uh, talk to them, some pilots and whatnot, and one pilot, one F eighteen pilot 
said that he had uh, groups of ISIS fighters in his, in his sights at times, but was unable to get the clearance to engage them. And he expressed his frustration um, in the article by saying, hey, they probably killed innocent people and spread evil because of my inability to kill them. Um, it, it was frustrating. Yes. And this goes, this goes all the way up to the top. I mean, this is a, this is a micromanaged approach uh, to a war where we have now our pilots coming back that are frustrated, that are saying, hey, we cannot engage the enemy and stop this threat because of poor decision-making and because of feet dragging that's occurring up at the higher levels. They're mm-hmm. saying these airstrikes should take place in, in, in 10 minutes or less. And these are taking an hour, sometimes more, sometimes several hours, where they have to land with full ordnance because they couldn't get clearance to engage the targets that they had in their sights. In, 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 in the Gulf War, we averaged 1,125 airstrike sorties per day. In the Kosovo campaign, we averaged 135 strikes per day. The shock and awe campaign over Iraq averaged about 800 per day. In this fight against ISIS, we are currently averaging 14 strikes per day. Wow. And those figures come from Lieutenant General, uh, retired Lieutenant General David uh, Deptula, who was uh, former director of the Combined Air Operations Center in Afghanistan back in 2001. So it's not like this guy doesn't really know his figures. <laughs> Look, if, if, well, if, know, if the commander-in-chief said, if we have the enemy in our sights and our pilots can take the shot, take the shot. We are in a war. We need to defeat yeah. ISIS and make a statement. Obviously, that's not happening. It seems like what I'm getting from this is our pilots are identifying a target, requesting permission to engage, and then flying around while they disappear or until they run out of fuel and have to return, and they bingo fuel and have to return, and they don't get to drop any ordnance. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what happens, and we start seeing this with Vietnam. This is what happens when you have politicians making military decisions. Um, what should be happening, in my humble opinion, is that the president goes, hey, we need to launch airstrikes. I approve it. You run it and step out of the way. And then your military brass, the people who actually know what in the hell they're doing, then makes the decision to engage or not engage. But you know as well as I do, this phone call is going from – or the radio call is going from the pilot to the headquarters, headquarters to command staff, command staff to the White House. And somebody in that White House is making the decision. Look, in Vietnam, nothing to do. And McCain actually made a, a good point on, on Face the Nation, and it's not often we say this about Cuckoo McCain. But in, in Vietnam, the, the military used forward air controllers to identify mm-hmm. particular targets and then called in airstrikes on those targets. Mm-hmm. So the aircraft could, could take off and then strike the target and, and, and leave the area. Why are we not doing that here why are we sending combat aircraft up and burning that no fuel boots on to the ground no boot we have no special forces on that i know of on the ground right. that are able to identify well, targets and, and call new strikes and if we're not going to put boots on the ground ourselves if we're not going to get the air force forward air operators to do this then why aren't we enlisting the kurds to help us with it then um and, and you know the kurdish 
And I guess my guess is the answer would be because we would need to trust our own assets to identify the targets as opposed to a foreign force. Right. But we're already supporting the Kurds. Mm -hmm. They're already our only ally, if you will. Even if, you know, we have an observer nearby and there's a million different things that we could do. And I don't know the legal technicalities of this, but. And then if you're the president and you're trying to spin it, you could say that you kicked ISIS. You're like, oh, we put the boots to them. Literally. Right? And if you have gun camera footage of, like, one boot striking a butt, you could say we literally kicked their ass. Right. And, and your Absolutely. statement would be true. <laughs> right. As opposed to what we get out of the White House on a regular basis now, which is just complete lies Douchebaggery. and conjecture. Oh, yeah. Douchebaggery. Yeah. Jackassery. <laughs> I call it shamery. <laughs> That's not a bad one, Sometimes It's actually... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listen, we need to be doing more. There's no reason in the world... We worry about money so much in this country that we're going to put up fighter jets. And I'm sure they're A-10s and maybe some 15s and 16s, but A-10s are usually the ground attack. A- 18s. 18s. Yeah, we're sending some 18s. Um, and... And the reason I say that is one of the sources, one of Fox News' sources they used was an F-18 pilot. (laughs) We have a camera on you We put all this money, ordinance in the the sky, um, the cost of gas, the wear and tear on the plane, flying around, all this equipment to not do anything with it. It, 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 It's almost like the red line all over again, right? Oh, if you do this, we're going to do that. Oh, we're going to put airplanes in the sky over you in Syria. We're just not going to let them shoot. Well, why even put them up there then? Why not put up somebody in a hot air balloon with a propeller on their head to wave at them as they fly by? Because what the hell you're doing is just not going to be effective. Listen, we know how to deal with ISIS. The entire country understands that ISIS is the biggest threat to this country, and ISIS needs to be eliminated. When is that going to work its way up to the damn White House? Mm-hmm. And why will they not have the the testicular fortitude to drop some ordinance? And I said this back on the Garland shooting. That night, there should have been ordinance dropped all over northern Syria on ISIS positions. And I mean, it should have looked like broad daylight at 3 in the morning, nonstop for hours on end. Bomb them into submission. Say, all right. Your place, send another one. You want to try this again? Go for it. Wait, it's going to get worse. But instead, it's just this false show of force which we know does not work. I mean, look at look at how the Iranians act. Look at how the North Koreans act because we've never done anything substantial, right? They keep going and pushing and going and pushing and going and pushing. And, and we've and talked about this, this several times on this show. Yes. There, there's There's no respect right now. For at the United all. States at all in the world. At all. Thank you, President at Obama. All. And we've just been just tarnished. Our, our, the view of the United States around the world is completely tarnished because of this administration. And 
this is another example. Look at you go back to the red wine, uh, the red wine. I wish you go back to the red line with Syria a couple of years ago, and we said on the show whether you agree or disagree as to whether or not ordinance should be dropped when the president goes in front of the world and says if chemical weapons are used, that's a red line and there will be consequences, <laughs> and then there are no consequences. We, that is a huge flag. We should be like Ralphie from A Christmas Story. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. Do you remember when he took so much guff from the bully and finally he just jumped on the bully and rack a frack a sec? The problem is we shouldn't even be responsible. We shouldn't even be letting bullies have the upper hand at any time. And we do that. I mean, look at Russia right now. I read a report today, and I think it was on uh, American Thinker or one of the other websites like that, that essentially turned around and said, yeah, Russia's massing a whole bunch of troops on the other side of the border against Ukraine. There's armor, missile carriers, all this other stuff. What are we doing? Nothing, because armor is defensive in nature. We've talked about this, Sean. <laughs> You know when I'm talking about military, what armor is. Um, <laughs> smart ass. Look, there's there's another... It, go ahead. No, go on. No, I was going to say, there, there's another uh, issue I want to get to, and I think it's interesting because I think a valid argument could be made on both sides of this issue. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of... There, there was the big... Um, Outlaw Motorcycle Club, uh, Outlaw Motorcycle Gang mm -hmm. violence that erupted in, in Waco, Texas. Yep. And uh, a big shootout occurred, and uh, tensions are high in the OMG, in the Outlaw Motorcycle uh, Gang uh, community right now. And the Mongols have not been able to wear their cut, their patches, uh, because as, as uh, part of a U.S. prosecution effort, um, they identified it as part of a criminal enterprise, and the Department of Justice asked a federal judge to make it illegal for Mongol members to wear um, the patch, display the name, any of that, and essentially allowed law enforcement the ability, the authority to take uh, Mongols' insignias, paraphernalia, and whatnot, um, l literally from any of the members of the groups that are, that are seen wearing it. And the theory behind this is that, hey, this is how they associate it. It, it is, it is an, an ideal it is, it is a, a, a almost like, um, uh, uh, how they obviously how they identify themselves. It's like taking the star off the helmet. Uh, one of the law enforcement, uh, sources from Los Angeles said, and their argument is that the logo itself furthers a criminal enterprise because that's how they identify themselves. Other members, they can wear it as a form of intimidation, um, and, and, and all these things. Um, those patches are very, very um, important to those groups. Uh, people have literally died uh, for, those, for those patches. There's a huge um, symbolic value um, to them uh, in, in that particular community. Mm -hmm. And the, the Mongols registered their trademark with U.S. Patent and Trademark Office back in, in 2005. And uh, after, in, in 2008, uh, there was a big raid from, uh, from ATF um, where, where they, they had a huge arrest, a huge sweep, um, and a federal judge granted this injunction prohibiting the members from wearing, licensing, selling, 
um, distributing in any way any of their their uh, materials that depict their Mongol insignia. Well, now um, the Mongols are basically coming out, and they're they're saying, "Hey, this violates our First Amendment because by having an injunction against this, um, even our members who, for the sake of argument, uh, were not engaged in any criminal behavior." Um, basically, this is our way to identify, and um, it, it's basically unconstitutional uh, because it's on par with the way any other group identifies, whether it's a Masonic compass, the Jewish star, Christian cross, any of these other any of these other things. And so they're mounting a First Amendment, saying, "Hey, this is kind of how we associate. This is our identification and how we identify uh, with each other in our community." and the federal government cannot violate our First Amendment and association um, based upon based upon that. And I can see both sides of this argument. You know, on one hand, you have a symbol that traditionally, according to law enforcement, has been used by a criminal enterprise, by an outlaw motorcycle gang, um, as a way to identify, intimidate, and so forth. And so even though they are organized and expressing themselves in a group. The group itself is a criminal enterprise. Therefore, because that symbol can incite violence and whatnot, it should not be allowed to be worn. Um, the other side of that is they do have a First Amendment right to associate, and not all of the members of any particular club have been um, charge. It's not like 100% of the members have been charged, so why strip their First Amendment right of association away? You know, perhaps as a condition of probation or parole or whatever, a judge may grant that as, as a condition of uh, their conditional release, but just, just doing a blanket strip of an entire organization is unconstitutional. I can see that argument as well. What are your thoughts? Well, I do see both sides of the argument. Here's why I don't think that particular group not being allowed to use that symbol on a judge's order. Now, you could also turn around and say, well, it's not a violation of their First Amendment rights because the judge isn't saying they can't associate. They just can't associate using that specific but how um, can, but insignia. How, but how can a judge say that, let's say for the sake of argument, there are law-abiding members in that group mm -hmm. um, or people that have not been convicted of any crimes – Therefore, there's no legal process to take away any rights that they have. How can you just right. blanketly strip any group, symbol, whether it's a swastika that, or or the if the, that emblem, if that emblem's owned by that corporation or that group, um, and that group has been indicted for the activity, then that, as far as I'm concerned, that goes down to the patches as well and everyone who's involved. And if you're in it then, you know, that group in general being under indictment, 
I think it, the argument could be made that the patches, because it's under that organization... So you would have to go you, under for that organization under the RICO, the uh, Racketeering Influenced and Corrupt Organizations yes, absolutely. Act. absolutely. In yep, which case, you could seize their assets, including the logos. Yes. Yes, and, and, that's and I don't know I if that I don't it. know if that happened in this case, right? I think it was I think that it was part of a a plea deal where the president signed over, um, basically signed on to that. Well, then, but that's different, then, isn't it? Because now you have right. a representative organization who willingly gave over the emblem or their insignia um, willingly at, to save his own skin, but he still did it willingly. I think it could be argued then that he gave that patch away, so therefore it's not a violation. He did it willingly. Right. He signed the paperwork. He was the representative of that organization. No more than if the NFL got hemmed up in Rico and they pulled all that and Roger Goodall went and saved his skin and said, all right, I'll give up all the NFL logos, let me sign, and now nobody else can use them. Okay, well, that's their entity. They have the right to do that. He, as the representative, has the right to trade that emblem for whatever he traded it for his freedom a lesser sentence whatever yeah and and i i agree with that but i just think i think it's an i think it's an interesting argument um mm-hmm. that that Ver- that they're that they're making in this case and like i said i, I, I can i can actually see that i can see that legal argument i'm kind of curious to see how this is gonna how this is gonna gonna play out in court specifically um if other outlaw motorcycle gangs um are are going to be targeted as well, uh, you know, for example, well, the, 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 the banditos, which were uh, involved in, in the wake in, in the Waco incident, you know, the Hell's Angels right, are this... probably the most most famous. I would I would argue. Oh yeah, the Warlocks, and there's a whole bunch, the Norsemen, and all that. But you know, I, I think the biggest difference here, Clint, that uh, is that that president willingly signed it over as part of the agreement, and he was representing everybody in that organization. Mm-hmm. And he was the representative of that organization, and he essentially said to his entire club, "Hey, we're giving up our logo, whether they voted on it or not." And again, I don't. I, I want to say I recalled something about that being the case. I don't have. I don't know that a hundred percent. So I want to be. I don't want to. I want to be clear on that and not give any any information or, or guess. I, I would like to see this tested, though. I want to see this tested in court, and I want to see what comes out. Um, it, it's a very slippery slope, and I, I, I it is, and that's why that I can see that argument of hey, you have, you have folks that that weren't convicted of any crimes that you're that that you're stripping their ability to wear something. Um, I'm not saying I agree with that point of view. I'm saying I think that's a valid argument uh, that mm-hmm. that is but going I think to be made. If, uh, I think if uh, I think what will eventually happen is they'll go at them with the RICO charge. And under the RICO law, they'll pull it, and, and then the argument's over anyhow because they've then ceased to cut. The organization has is a criminal a enterprise argument. at that point, right? Right, it, it, no different than La Costa Nostra and all those guys. Um, and, and, and you know, it, it, that's how the mob eventually got taken down was through the RICO Act. Um, and, and you know, some like it, some don't. Usually, the vic- the people who are arrested as a result of it don't like it, but. Reality is what it is. These criminal enterprise motorcycle gangs don't get a lot of coverage in the media because it's not sexy until Waco happened. Right. But there are a lot of dangerous, dangerous motorcycle gangs out there that own neighborhoods just as much as the Bloods, Crips, and other ones do as well. They have clubhouses and communities, and it leads to uh, these sort of incidents like what happened in Waco. We had one up in Reno not too long ago where I think it was five people were shot. Laughlin, Nevada. 
Yeah, Laughlin was another one. So, and it happens all over the country. It just doesn't get reported. Amazingly, and I know I know we won't bring up the R word, but the news doesn't care if a whole bunch of uh, uh, white guys on motorcycles shoot each other. Well, see, now care. why do you why do you bring race into it again? <laughs> because almost immediately mainstream media was asking uh, seriously within hours i saw a report i think it was on cnn asking if the police response would have been different had it been uh, um a majority of black people involved yeah, law enforcement law enforcement engaged the the motorcycle gangs that were engaged in uh-huh. violence on each other uh-huh. what other response could oh, there be i don't know regardless Hugs. of what race they were and we're hugging and we're hugging i don't know but I, I thought I think it was CNN that had some knucklehead on there asking about that right away, trying to compare. That is not. That, that doesn't narrow it down. That, CNN had some nope. knucklehead on does not narrow it down at all. <laughs> but they were essentially trying to say, well, you know, that was almost like a riot, kind of like Baltimore. Look at there was no riot gear. There were no police with uh, uh, the riot gears. Well, no, because the police actually were active and immediately engaged and contained the situation. It didn't get to that level. Right. They didn't get together. Because they didn't get together and say we're gonna we're gonna riot if this decision doesn't go our way or because of X, Y, and Z. <laughs> right now we have so, we have we have like a minute left, and I want to talk about this real briefly, Sean. Um, the uh, Pentagon says that live anthrax was uh, shipped oh, yeah. at various locations across the United States. Oh shush! Oh shush! <laughs> oh shush! Don't worry, I'm sure it's fine. Dude, I read that today. And I, I, who's the shipping clerk that put the wrong label on the wrong box? That's what I want to know because that's what this comes down to. You know, I just was it a wrong label clerk. or was it? Oh yeah, are these, are these dead spores or alive spores? Ah, eh, it doesn't matter. Put them in. They're probably dead. <laughs> They'll be dead by the time you they know, get I to just, wherever they're I going. I just picture some army lab and there's some lieutenant's like, "Hey, private, get the uh, blue box and ship that to the bases. That's the dead one. Don't touch the red one." It was a private like, lab. <laughs> it was a private <laughs> lab and. And if they go across, the it's like, well, if anyone finds out I'm colorblind, I'm out of the army. And so if it, if it went to eight guess. companies along around nine states, like, why don't they get them back? Hey, that box we shipped you. Yeah, don't <laughs> forward that on or open it. Yeah. Hey, real quick, funny story about that box. Um, put it in a room and don't let anyone go near it, and we'll come for it. If we happen to be in biohazard shoots, don't be alarmed. It's not a big right. deal. Why do I get flashbacks to Beverly Hills Cop 2 where Eddie Murphy walks in with the paper bag? <laughs> this uh, sound-seeking projectiles? Uh, yeah. Well, I got twin daughters, Monique and Unique. I mean, I mean, Monique and Unique. I love it. I mean, how, how do you do this? All right, Sean. Hey, my friend. Uh, it's been a pleasure. We have to wrap up. We have to end right at 10 o'clock tonight. It was a good show. I appreciate you calling in. Are you going to be available for a uh, post-show phone call? Yeah, absolutely, and I appreciate you guys uh, uh, making the time in the second half of the show for me. Um, We're glad you you found your way, and you don't sound like you're dehydrated or anything like that, so we're happy you made it out alive. I think think next week, um, (laughs) based upon Sako's behavior, I think he needs to go back to the cage, and maybe you'll be finally able to join us in studio again. I think your time, uh, I think your two-game suspension has been served. I, I, I look forward to it. Thank you so much, guys. All right, brother. Thank you very much. God bless. And that's God it bless. for us here tonight on the Sackheads Radio Show. It's been a pleasure having you with us. Woo! Check yeah! me out tomorrow morning. That was Sacco. Check West. Sean out tomorrow morning. Go Woo! ahead, Sean. 12 East, 9 yeah! West, 1360, WNJCRadio.com. And our friends? 
right here. You can also check out everyone else right here on SHR Media. Coming right up after the show is the best of SHR Media. Best shows of the day will play overnight, so don't go anywhere. Stay around here in our uh, fresh broadcast and picked up at 5.45 a.m. Eastern Time with the Unpleasant Blind Guy here on the SHR Media Network. And what's a weird name because he's actually very pleasant. He's an awesome guy. Love, love Agador. All right, Sako, play us out, sir. Thank you, my friend. Good work tonight. And listen, there are no people better on the air to give you the best in conservative talk than Sackhead Sean and Sackhead Clint. Uh, and uh, we're working on immigration papers for a certain other guy who happens to work here, too. <laughs> for those who are tuning in around the world to the best in late-night conservative talk, the best late night conservative talk show in America. In America. In America. And in this web was a large, I'm pretty sure it was the biggest spider I've ever seen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.